You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Good morning, and welcome to our podcast today. If you will, uh, take your copy of God's Word and turn to Acts chapter 17. In the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, we find the story of Paul and Silas as Paul is on his second missionary journey and he's traveling throughout Macedonia. Here we find in verse 1, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As his custom was, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, and did as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. But the Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other brothers before the city officials, shouting. We're going to pause right there, just for a moment, because I want to hang on to that. After leaving Philippi, Paul and Silas traveled to Thessalonica. The city of Thessalonica was founded in about 315 BC and was named after the sister of Alexander the Great. It was the most populous of the Macedonian cities and the capital of this Roman province. The coming of Christianity to Thessalonica was an event of great importance. The great Roman road from the city of Rome all the way to the Middle East was actually the main street of Thessalonica. The chief seaport of Macedonia was also found here in Thessalonica. If Christianity could be firmly planted in this city, it could spread both east and west along that road and by sea becoming a highway for the progress of the kingdom of God. Here we find that Paul began his work in the Jewish synagogue. His great success was not among the Jews, but among the Gentiles who had converted to Judaism called God-fearers, who were Greeks that actually converted to Judaism. This made the Jews there very jealous, as we find in verse 5, and but they became angry because Paul was stealing their converts. They stooped to the lowest methods to try and hinder Paul. They had some friends in low places, some scoundrels and rabble-rousers, who were brought in to form a mob to try and silence the teachings of Paul about Jesus. Paul and Silas had been staying in the house of a man named Jason, so the mob went there to try to find him. When they didn't find him there, they took Jason and his friends who were there to the magistrates of the town, and they charged them with preaching insurrection, stirring up trouble. And what do we find the charge was in the latter part of verse 6, which is where I stopped moments ago. These men have turned the world upside down for Jesus. What were they doing to turn the world upside down? They were saying that there was another king beside Caesar, and that king is actually Jesus. You and I today, what should we be preaching? The same message, Jesus crucified and resurrected for the salvation of the world. What is Jesus doing in your life? Are you telling anyone about it? 
You know, we talk about everything else. We talk about family. We talk about friends. We talk about children and grandchildren. Why are we not talking about Jesus? I'm afraid that our silence as Christians in America today has created some very definite problems. America was created as a nation to follow God, but we're seeing it change before our very eyes. For the sake of tolerance, we've allowed the God of creation to become second class. Our own uh, folks have declared, uh, or many uh, in in our world, have declared and announced that we are no longer a Christian nation, but we're a nation of many gods, and I believe that they're in fact right. It's a shame, but correct. Our one nation under God has become a divided nation following the gods of this world rather than the creator of the world. In God we trust very often has become in me I trust, or in government I trust, or in my bank account I trust. But let me share without reservation that I believe that God is still in control. He's allowing our nation to become what it is because of our silence, our dependence upon other gods in our lives. Some of us today will be saying, I agree, but what can I do? I'm just one person. What about Alexander the Great? He conquered the entire known world of his day. Adolf Hitler started a movement that plunged the entire world into war. You can make a difference with your friends and your relatives and your neighbors, but you must be willing to be used by God to tell your friends and your relatives and your neighbors. If you don't tell them, who will? It's time that you and I allow God to use us to turn our world upside down for Jesus. Let me close with a story. There was a pastor who every Sunday afternoon, he and his young son, uh, after the morning service, uh, would gather up uh, a handful of gospel tracts and they would go out into the streets and they would pass out gospel tracts. On this particular Sunday afternoon, it became time for the pastor and his son to go to the streets with their tracks. But it was cold outside as well as pouring down rain. The boy bundled up and he got ready and said, Dad, I'm ready to go. His pastor dad said, Ready for what? Dad, it's time we gather our tracks and go out. Dad responded, Son, it's cold and it's pouring down rain. But Dad, the boy said, Aren't people going to hell even though it's raining? The dad answered, son, I don't feel well. I'm just not going out in this weather. The son said, dad, please, can I go? The father said, son, you can go. Here are the tracks, but be very careful. And with that, he was off out in the cold and out into the rain to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ through the passing out of gospel tracks. After two hours of walking in the rain, he was soaking wet and bone chilled and down to the very last track. He stopped on a corner and looked for someone to hand it to, but there was nobody there. So he turned into the first home that he saw, and he walked up the sidewalk to the front door, and he rang the doorbell, but nobody answered. He rang it again and again, but still to no answer. He waited, but still no answer. Finally, the little 11-year-old boy turned to leave, but something stopped him. He turned to the door, and he rang the bell again and knocked loudly with his fist. He waited. And finally, the door opened. Standing in the doorway was a very sad-looking elderly lady. She softly asked, What can I do for you, son? And with radiant eyes and a smile that lit up her world, this little boy said, Ma'am, I'm sorry if I disturbed you, but I just want to tell you that Jesus really does love you. 
and I came to give you my very last gospel track, which will tell you all about Jesus and his great love. With that, he handed her the gospel track, and he turned to leave. She called out to him, thank you, son, and God bless you. The next Sunday morning in church, Pastor Dad was in the pulpit. As the service began, he said, does anybody have anything that they want to testify or say this morning? Slowly, in the back row of the church, an elderly lady stood to her feet. As she began to speak, a look of glorious radiance came over her face. No one in this church knows me. I've never been here before. You see, before last Sunday, I was not a Christian. My husband passed on some time ago, leaving me totally alone in the world. But last Sunday, being particularly cold and rainy, it was even more in my heart that I had come to the end of the line where I no longer had any hope or any will to live. So I took a rope and a chair, and I ascended the stairway into the attic of my home. I fastened the rope securely to a rafter in the roof, and then I stood on the chair and fastened the other end of the rope around my neck. Standing on that chair, so lonely and brokenhearted, I was about to leap off when suddenly the loud ringing of my doorbell downstairs startled me. I'll wait a minute. Whoever it is will go away. I waited and I waited, but the ringing doorbell seemed to get louder and more insistent, and the person ringing also started knocking louder. I thought to myself, who could this be? Nobody ever rings my bell or comes to see me. I loosened the rope from my neck and I stepped down off of that chair. When I opened the door and looked, I could hardly believe my eyes. For there on my front porch was the most radiant and angelic little boy I had ever seen in my life. His smile, oh, I could never describe it to you. The words that came from his mouth caused my heart that had long been dead to leap to life. As he exclaimed with a cherub-like voice, Ma'am, I just came to tell you that Jesus really does love you. And then he gave me this gospel tract that I hold in my hand. As the little angel disappeared back out into the cold and rain, I closed my door and I slowly read every word of that track. Then I went up to my attic and got my rope and chair. I didn't need them anymore. For you see, I am now a happy child of the king. Since the address of your church was on the back of this gospel track, I have come here to personally say thank you to God's little angel who came just in the nick of time and by so doing spared my soul from an eternity in hell. The pastor stepped down from the pulpit and he took his little son in his arms and he sobbed uncontrollably because he knew that another had come to know Jesus because of the faith of this young boy. Who do you know that needs to hear about Jesus today? Let's turn our world upside down for Christ so that he can receive the glory and the honor and others can come to faith in Jesus through our testimony.